Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. God, you uh, you bless us and gift us beyond our understanding or ability to comprehend, and we know that the only way we can begin to have any idea of who you are is is through the power of your Holy Spirit. And God, we do want to welcome him in this place all the time. So God, we just take this time now and pray that uh, whatever the reason is that you brought us here this morning, that you would open up our ears open up our hearts, open up our minds to whatever it is that you might have for us in your word this morning. God, we ask that it would be your truth that is spoken in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So I want to try something a little bit different today. We don't usually focus on Thanksgiving around here. Thanksgiving is a cultural holiday. It isn't a church holiday. Um, not because of the day a week that it falls on, but it's, uh, it just isn't a part of the church calendar. Churches that have seasons and colors, Thanksgiving isn't represented in those. But I, I want to change that trend a little bit. I want to talk about Thanksgiving. And not so much the day itself, a little bit about that, but about the whole notion of it. I, I shared with you a couple of years ago, I started, I started what, what really for me at the time was a discipline of giving thanks. Because it didn't come natural. It probably doesn't for you either. But I, I committed to being a person that gives thanks as a discipline and to help create a, a, new, a new and biblical thought process. Because the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So I determined if, if God's will for me in Jesus is that I give thanks in all things, and I currently do not. I had better start with that as a discipline and start training myself to do that, whether I happen to like the circumstances or not. As you can imagine, that's where the problem begins. Let me tell you, after a couple of years of working on this, uh, it is a lot like most of my New Year's resolutions. It makes all kinds of sense up here. And I commit to it until I don't. The desire is strong, the follow-through is not always so great. It's a lot easier to decide to do it than to actually do it. And I, I learned early on that it's kind of like dieting and exercise. It's right for me, but I don't follow through on it so well. So I've really made this, this commitment to, to do it, to stick with it, to actually follow through. And I, I figure if it's God's will for me and if it's God's will for all of us, then it's probably a good thing to take on and, and do as a result. So I have. I've made a commitment and I've tried. It's taken some serious mental retraining because I've got to be honest, I'm not the personality that immediately jumps to saying thank you no matter what happens. I'll tell you, I don't have it worked out completely yet, but I'm making good progress. And it isn't easy, but it's been an interesting journey. I've learned a lot about myself. I didn't realize that God was going to give me lots of opportunities to test that progress, however. So this week, as I'm working on this message, and I'm thinking about the whole notion of giving thanks, and we're coming into Thanksgiving, unbeknownst to me in the moment, God gave me a doozy of an opportunity to test my progress. There was one day, early midweek, that was pretty warm, and I figured I don't really have time to take care of my yard, but the days are getting shorter, the snow is coming sooner, my yard, my neighbors aren't happy because I'm the one that still has the pile of leaves. I better do something about them. So I take my mower out one afternoon, and I get myself all ready, and I've got a fairly new riding mower, and so I start 
mowing and mulching the leaves, my idea being I'm going to put them in these nice, neat piles and then take one of those fancy sweepers and pick them up and have the yard that all the neighbors will be envious of, right? So I get started doing this thing and, and no more had I made two or three passes when my fairly new lawnmower decides it's gonna, gonna snap the drive belt and my rear wheels don't go anywhere. So there I am, rather than chewing up leaves and making progress, I'm sitting on this mower that runs fine, the blades spin fine, and I'm dead in the water and I'm going grrr. The notion of giving thanks had not yet occurred to me. The idea of how I'm going to get out of this pickle, how I'm going to get it fixed, and how it is that I'm going to get this done before the snow flies, that's what's on my mind. And so I get my four-wheeler, and I pull out the winch, and I hook it up to the lawnmower, and I I back up my four-wheeler, and I literally, because I'm not smart enough to follow the directions that puts the lawnmower in neutral, my lawnmower towed behind my my four-wheeler is going through the yard, and I'm leaving this nice, neat, torn-up tire path as I go. Not the plan of yard care all summer long. So I get it to the place where I can back up my old trailer and I drop the gate and because those wheels don't move, I have no way of using the winch to get this mower on the trailer to get it to the place that it's going to get fixed. So I do what everybody does in this situation. I call Pastor Jeff and ask for help. He said, I'll be right over. So Pastor Jeff comes over and... We assess the situation, and he decides that my way of trying to get this thing taken care of deserves pictures that go up there for you. There are none. I didn't let him do it. (laughs) We finally, through no small effort on our part, get the lawnmower onto the trailer. He says, I'm going to take off and do what I was going to do in the first place, which is good because he had time to go do that. And I hook the trailer up to my truck, and I take it off to the spicer to the people who are going to fix it. And when I got about to the golf course, I look behind me and I wonder, why is my rear tire on the trailer? Why is that tire leaving all the dirt on the road? I realized there was no dirt on that tire, which can only mean one thing, flat tire. I slow down. Sure enough, that tire goes... I pull it off, get it to a safe place, and at this point, it's just thanks is not what's in my mind. Instead, literally what comes out of my mouth is I look up and I say, you've got to be kidding me. Seriously, this week that I'm working on this message, I don't have time for this. Apparently God didn't care about my lack of time. He didn't respond. And then it occurs to me, oh, Steve, say thank you. So I said thank you quite meekly after my little outburst. I said, thank you. I said, God, thank you, because it's a good mower when it works. And the trailer's worked really well for the decade that I have, and I bought it used. And I do have a truck to get it where it needs to go, and there are people that know how to fix it, and I have a yard that has leaves after all. And then I started feeling kind of like an idiot. But thank you finally kicked in, and I, and I realized that maybe God prevented me from being the guy that got pulled over for going down the road with a flat tire on my trailer. Or maybe I was the guy that the trailer got all kittywampus and went into the ditch and I lost mower, trailer, and truck. I don't know. And the more I gave thanks, the more I realized how much I had to be thankful for. Funny how those things work. And I realized the point of giving thanks is a lot more than just being thankful. It's about consciously recognizing that everything that I have in my life is a gift from God. Everything. The yard and the leaves and the mower and my friend Jeff, all of them are a gift for God and I need to give thanks for all of those things, even if in the moment not all of them are working quite the way that I wanted to. 
And so this idea of giving thanks in all circumstances for me has really become a very helpful discipline. I'm not always thankful, but I realize in every situation, sometimes it takes me longer than others. But when I give thanks, my attention is focused on where it needs to be, on God, not on my problems or what I perceive to be my problems. And I realize that's probably what God wants for us. See, His plan for my life and for your life, all the pieces that come into play that you don't like and I don't like and that we don't understand and we don't see the reasons for, God wants us to just give thanks because then we focus on Him. And like you, there's plenty of things that I don't like, but I'm learning to give thanks and I'm learning to look for what God may be up to. And it's changed the way that I think. It's changed the way that I approach things. I'm not there, but I hope to get there. So this week of of Thanksgiving, we celebrate that holiday that's become such a tradition in our our country, right? That that holiday that we set aside one day for, that great spend-a-thon called Black Friday. Thanksgiving gets in the way. Thanksgiving, for most of us, ends up being the day that we carbo-load to shop, right? You spend as much time thinking of what you're going to serve people as we think about where we're going to shop, what time we're going to start, and how we're going to get it all done, I realize maybe, maybe what we need as Christians when we bypass Thanksgiving is we need a, a little bit of group therapy on that bit of ridiculousness. Because really what happens is that we go out and we go into this spending spree with money that we can't afford and we put ourselves into 12 months of debt that we have to repay, but then we tell God, I can't afford to tithe. But today's Thanksgiving. And maybe we've just got the idea all a little bit backwards in our culture. We think that Thanksgiving is about being happy about the good things that come into our lives when what God wants is for our thanks to be a recognition of His hand of blessing and provision and love on our entire life, not just the things that we like. See, we are by nature sinful and self-centered and God wants us to point our attentions and our affections to Him. And and yet what we do when we're not people of thanks, we end up giving God our leftovers. The leftovers of our time, our energy, and our money. We give God what we think that we can afford to do without. And yet what God says is that He just simply wants us to give thanks for everything. So what is this selfishness of the idea that simply being thankful, what, what does that lead to? Because it's really all about us. Giving thanks points to God. Being thankful is just simply the things that we like and that we're happy about. I, I heard a story once, not a real one, but a story. Two guys meet on the street. They've been friends for years. The One of them looks like his world has just ended. And his friend comes up to him and goes, Hey, man, what's wrong? You look like your world's about to end. And he goes, You're not going to believe this. Three weeks ago, my cousin dies, and, and, and he left me $20,000. The guy goes, that doesn't seem like a reason to be sad to me. And he goes, no, 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 you don't get it. Last week, I had an aunt that I'd completely forgotten about that passed away. She left me $50,000. And the guy goes, what is wrong with you? It seems like you're on a, a winning streak here. He goes, no, that's not the end of it. Last week, my grandma died. She left me $250,000 in insurance, tax-free. I just get to keep it, 250000 bucks. And the guy says, I don't understand. What, what is wrong with you? Why is your head down and you look so sad? And the guy goes, I'll tell you why. Because it's Friday and I haven't gotten a thing this week. 
And that's us. That's the way we are about the gifts and the blessings that God gives to us. See, if we understand that everything that we have and everything that we enjoy, including the house that you think you earned and the money that you think you deserve, if we understand all of those things are a gift from God, then why in the world do we get so quick to expect that we should have it all all the time? See, the natural tendency with us as people is if we get something for a little while, we begin to expect it and it becomes an entitlement. And then if it doesn't show up like all the money the guy had been getting for three weeks, if it suddenly doesn't show up, we get angry, we get mad, we get hurt, we get offended thinking that somehow we're getting cheated rather than being thankful and giving thanks for what we have been given. And when it comes to our money, so often we're no better than kids with presents at Christmas. What do I get? It's all mine. And yet God tells us to give thanks in all circumstances. And so that means that everything that we have, whether it's the food on your table or the lack of food on your table, whether it's all the money that you've got socked away for some day down the road that you may or may not live to see, or the money that you don't have and may never have, it's all a gift for God from God. And we don't have any right to, to feel like we deserve our homes or our vehicle or, or food or clean water or our friends, and yet God has blessed us with those things every day, and we just come to expect that we deserve them. When we fail to realize that they're all a gift from God, we believe that we're entitled to them, and we no longer say thanks, much less feel grateful. Humility is gone and gratitude with it. I started thinking about that first Thanksgiving. Do you realize that that first Thanksgiving, those people had very little to be thankful for. They had endured conditions that we can't imagine in our modern conveniences. That first group of Christians that came across the Mayflower, they decided to set aside a day and to be thankful to God for all of what He had done for them, for the bounty that He had given them. But do you realize that 60% of them died in the first year? They died of illness and disease and exposure to the incredible cold that they weren't ready to face. 60% of them died. And the remaining 40% set aside a time to give thanks to God for all that He had done for them despite catastrophic death and loss of husbands and wives and children and grandparents and friends. So as you sit here this morning and you listen to this, how many of you would describe yourself as a person of thanks? How many of you go, I understand. I get that. I'm a person that thanks God for everything. It doesn't matter what. If that's the case, then joy describes you. Or does defeat describe you? Are you following your affection for God? And that becomes the way that you live your life? Or are you following the addictions of this world and that defines your life. Now, it's important that we take a moment and look at, though, God doesn't tell us to be thankful. God doesn't say we're supposed to be thankful. He says we're supposed to give thanks because there's a big difference in those two words when you really look at them. See, when we're thankful, what we're really doing is we're glad about a situation or a circumstance because it benefits, benefits us in some way. Thanks is a reflection of how something makes us feel or how we feel about something. When we say, I'm thankful for that, we say, that thing has made my life better or that person has made my life better. I'm thankful for them. When we say thanks to God, we're saying thanks whether we happen to like it or not. God doesn't say you have to be thankful. He says we give thanks in all circumstances. Giving thanks is an attitude. It's an action on our part. 
It isn't a matter of how we feel about something. It's about what we know about the giver of everything. Giving thanks is a response that requires thought and effort and action, and it directs all of our attention to God. And we would agree, of course, that all of our attention should be on God anyway, and yet that is not how we live. In the book of James, first chapter, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God is never going to change. God's God's love and affection for you isn't going to change. Everything that we have is from God. And if we understand God properly, and we put ourselves in the right place, then we understand that everything that God is going to do for us is a good gift, whether we happen to like it or not. How we feel about it shouldn't matter. When a situation presents itself to us, we should say thanks whether we like it or not. When we're thankful, we may thank God for doing or or giving something to us that we like, but when we truly trust God... We give God thanks for everything, whether we like it or not. Why? Because we trust in Him and we trust that He truly wants what is the very best for us. That might not mean it looks like it in the moment. But if we truly give thanks and we truly know who we're thanking, we know that God wants the very best for us and we trust Him in that. What I've come to understand about myself on this journey of giving thanks in all things is that thanks, and I mean real heartfelt thanks, It all begins with gratitude. Gratitude is the the quality of being thankful. It is a heart-based issue, not a circumstance-based issue. Saying thanks is about our heart. Being thankful is about a circumstance. Gratitude is an attitude. If you're taking notes, write that one down. Gratitude is an attitude. And are you ready for this? Gratitude is is rooted in humility. Gratitude is rooted in humility. Here's why. Humility isn't the stuff that we learn about when we grow up in these parts. It's not about being self-deprecating or aw shucks or not taking credit for anything. Humility, godly humility, is knowing who God created you to be and living fully as that person. Humility is knowing who God created you to be and living fully as that person. It isn't even about you at all. Humility is about knowing who God created you to be and living fully as that person. No excuses, no apologies, no I'm sorry's. Humility for a Christian is a God-centered confidence. And that's something we don't learn about much around in these parts. Godly humility is based in an understanding of the sinfulness of our nature, our thoughts, our words, and our actions, and that that is lifted up in the forgiveness that we receive from Jesus. Humility isn't about believing how great we are or how good we are or how many nice things we've done. That's not it at all. Humility isn't about being quiet because we don't want anyone to think that we think too much of ourselves. Humility is about knowing who we are and who we're created to be and what it is that God has done for us. So if you're taking notes, here's the next step. True humility is rooted in forgiveness. True humility is rooted in forgiveness. It's grounded in the understanding that we do not deserve good things. In fact, in the Bible, Romans 3.23, it says, "...all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God." And yet it also says all good and perfect gifts are from God. Why? Because God loves us. Not because of anything that you've done. But because of what Jesus has done for you. 
Now, all of this, I realize, assumes that, that we're believers in Jesus and that we agree that we're dependent on God. It assumes that we're submitted to Him. It assumes that we acknowledge our need for Him. And if all of those things are true of you, then having a heart of gratitude becomes natural. It just is an outpouring of who you are and who God is to you. However, that isn't true for all of us, and I realize that because when we're living our life of sinful rebellion, when we're choosing our thoughts and our words and our actions, and we're not interested in, our God, in God's will for us, and the only thing that we need is us and our hard work and our effort, and we're going to figure out our way through because the only one I can trust is me, then none of this is true. And unfortunately, we don't even begin to understand what thanks really is. In that case, thanks is something you say because there's something that's of immediate benefit to you. You say thanks only for the good things that you like. It's a response to someone who did something or gave something to you. When you say thanks and you don't understand the rest of this in God, then it's just simply a response because of someone else's actions or words. And the more that we believe that we've earned and the more that we believe we deserve, the less we say thanks and the less thankful we become. And along with it, the less gratitude and humility that we have. So what about you? How do you define yourself? Are you a G-thanks kind of person? Or are you a thank you Jesus kind of person? Because there's a huge difference in the points to our hearts. Moses talked about it all the way back in Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy 8, verse 17, he says, Beware lest you say in your heart, this is still talking to us, Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers as it is this day. Moses says, remember, it's only through God that you're able to even gain wealth. It's only through God that you have what you like and you want. It's only through God. And so everything that you think you have, that you deserve and that you've earned, it's all a gift from God that's passing through your hands. Coming up in Luke 17, there's this passage where Jesus heals ten men who have leprosy. Ten men. And I believe that that's a nice, simple number for us to work with. None of them have a name. And I think that this is such a commentary on us in our world today that I want to take a look at it. See, leprosy was a walking death sentence. If you had leprosy, you weren't welcome to be a part of society. You couldn't walk around with normal people. You couldn't walk around with healthy people. And the reason is because they understood the people who had leprosy were a walking death sentence. They, they looked frightening. They stunk of their own dying flesh. People were afraid to get close enough that if you happened to bump somebody, you'd get leprosy too. And then you'd be cast out of culture and society. So when Jesus healed these men with this terrible disease, He literally gave them a new life. He literally gave them a new life. He took them from the outcast of society and when they were healed, they were willing or they were welcome to become a part of society again. But you know what's interesting? Jesus heals these ten men of this terrible disease. He literally gives them new life. Translate that to you and I, please. He literally gives them new life. And, and I did some digging. I, I looked around the Bible and I can't find anything about nine of those guys. The Bible talks about one. Do you know why? Because only one came back to say thank you. One of those guys came back to thank Him. 
What about the other nine? And I think about our culture. And I think about people who I've met through my time in church. And I think about the first three people who were physically healed as a part of this congregation. It all happened in the first couple of years. People came with, with major medical things. One of them was a guy's arm. I mean, we're talking serious stuff. And we literally saw the healing before our eyes. A miracle. And you know what happened to the three of them? They left. We never saw them again. Not one of them came back. That was more God than they wanted to deal with. And I think these nine guys saw more of the power of God than they knew what to deal with. So I started looking around and there's a guy named Charles Brown. Not Charlie Brown, okay? Charles Brown. And Mr. Brown wrote this thing and he surmised, you know, looking at the world, I think this is what might have happened to those guys. This is what they might have been thinking. This is not biblical, but this is us. One of them waited to see if the cure was real. One waited to see if it would last. Think about if you've ever prayed for a miracle. Where did you give credit and did you? One figured he'd catch Jesus later on. One determined he never really had leprosy. It was just something that looked like leprosy. Not a problem. One said he would have gotten well anyway. Things were looking up. One of them maybe gave glory to the priests. One of them dismissed it and said, Jesus didn't really do anything. He was just there. One of them said, no big deal. Any rabbi could have done it. Jesus just happened to be present. One said, I was already feeling much better. What about us? What about you? What about when God answers one of those prayers for you? And this is going to be the zinger for us because it's true of me. When God answers one of those deep, heartfelt, I don't know where to go prayers of yours, and you see the answer, do you even stop to say thank you? Because most of the time we don't. Most of the time we're the nine. And we don't even pause to think about it, much less thank Him for it. Nine didn't give thanks to Jesus because none of them had a heart that was filled with gratitude. Their healing was all about them, not about the Lord and the power that caused their healing. You know what? Those guys walked away. They no longer had leprosy, but they hadn't changed one bit. Nothing about them was different but the condition of their skin. They were self-focused, not God-focused. And I think that's why so many mainstream Christian denominations today don't believe in miracles. They've just written them out that it's a thing of the past. They believe that miracles are a part of an unbelievable, unprovable past because they've lost sight of the Lord of the miracle. They've lost sight on the power that creates miracles. And they're self-focused. They've got these hearts of entitlement and they've hardened themselves to the notion of humility and gratitude and godly faith. And their faith is in their self-crafted version of the God that they want not in the death and the resurrection and the power of the risen Jesus. And when your faith isn't in Him, your faith is all in what you want and like, not about what God's, God wants for you. And you will never be a person that give thanks to God. You will just say thanks for the stuff that you like. I'll be thankful because it makes my life better. And yet God wants us to give thanks in all things to Him. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 sums this up so beautifully. It says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Let God carry your worries. What it means is if you're going to pray, don't worry. If you're going to worry, don't pray. How powerful is the God that you pray to in the first place? If the God that you pray to can actually act on your prayers, if He can actually bring about a miracle, if that God can actually change a circumstance or soften someone's heart, if you're praying and then you're continuing to worry, you don't really believe in Him. 
Do you trust in God or do you trust in your own efforts? Verse 7 says, The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, God doesn't ask us to understand Him. In fact, He tells us in the Bible, His ways aren't our ways. We're never going to understand Him. The peace that He promises, we're never going to have it on our own. It's beyond our understanding. But when we trust in Him, when we trust in Him, He'll guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. When we give God thanks in all things, when we give God all things, when we submit ourselves and all of our junk to Him, when we give Him our hearts and our minds, when we give God what we acknowledge, we'll never even understand God will care for us. He will give us a peace that transcends all of our understanding and He'll guard our hearts and our minds in Jesus. Those hearts that we're so worried about praying over. The minds that can take us down a million dark roads. Besides, would you actually want to believe in a God you could understand? We can hardly understand each other. I can speak from hard-earned personal experience that when you put God first, when you give thanks, not just when you're thankful, but when you give thanks, even when you're not happy about the situation, your heart and your mind begin to change. You don't even see it happening. They begin to change. Those words of the Scripture actually begin to happen. You learn to give up control to the only one who actually has control. Because i got news for you, you don't. You might be able to do something about something in the moment. But if you want to give up control to someone who can actually do something, that's where God is there to step in for us on your behalf. And those words of Colossians, Colossians 3.15, begin to come true. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. How much do you trust God? And if you do, are you one of the 90% like those lepers when God does intervene and answer a prayer, you don't even slow down enough to say thank you? Or are you one of the 10% that realizes the only hope and the only help you have is in God? Are you grateful? Are you humble? Last week I talked about Gordon. Maybe you're at the place that Gordon was. He knew he only had days to live. You have no idea how long you have to live. But maybe you're tired of trying to do it all by yourself. Maybe you're tired of being angry and you're ready to be joyful. Maybe being stressed and worried has just absolutely worn you down to nothing. That's not what God wants for you. I had that privileged moment in the hospital 22 years ago to sit with a man and literally watch the power and the love of the death and the resurrection of Jesus change him. His heart, his mind, his life, his death, and his eternity. Maybe you're ready to quit doing it on your own. Maybe it's time you just... you lay down the battle and submit your life to Jesus. Because when you do that, the only one who is truly worthy of our trust, Jesus and His Father in Heaven, are going to be the ones who are going to give you a peace that you'll never have any other way. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you. Help us to be people who are quick to say thank you. Help us to be people who are okay okay not knowing the result, not knowing or even liking the circumstance, but recognizing that everything that we have is a gift from You. And help us to be people 
who train our minds to say thank you no matter what. God, the only way that's going to happen is that the Holy Spirit needs to be at work in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds. To everybody who is open to Him being at work in us and, and retraining our thinking, retraining our reactions and response, and centering our focus not on ourselves and our own lives and our problems, but centering our focus on You. God, I pray that Your Holy Spirit would work in us to do just that. Maybe there are some folks that are here this morning that are just tired of fighting. They're tired of crawling uphill and never making any progress in their life. Maybe this is the moment, today is the day when they say, I give up trying and I want to give it all to You. God, I pray that You would work in those hearts, that Your Holy Spirit would begin to fill those hearts, that that they would just simply say words as simple as, "I, I give up trying and I give my life to You. Jesus, I believe in You and I know that You're real. Forgive me of my sins. And God, the thing that every one of us can join the prayer is that we want to become disciples of His. We want to be more like Him and less like the old us. Maybe today that begins with just simply saying thanks. So thanks. In Jesus. Amen. So as you get to Thursday this week and it's Thanksgiving, here's my challenge for you, okay? Rather than take Thanksgiving and just make it a day, why don't we do what God is really getting at and, and have it be an issue of Thanksgiving as a heart attitude and rather than a day, a lifestyle? Imagine if you went out there and, and people knew you as a Christian and they knew you as a person who giving thanks was an attitude and a lifestyle of yours. Imagine what the message is that that would give to them. That the God that you say that you believe in, you trust in everything. 